Right. Father God, I love you. I uh, thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for uh, just a beautiful morning, uh, God. We do thank you for loving us. And uh, Lord, it doesn't matter what the weather is like outside. It doesn't matter um, uh, if it's raining or if it's uh, snowing or if the sun's shining or if there's uh, ten inches of mud on the ground, Lord. We just know that. Uh, that you're God and uh, and you've got it exactly how you want it. And so, Lord, we do uh, we thank you for loving us. We pray that you would just speak to us today, Lord. We pray for those we need to be praying for uh, in the body. Uh, Lord, we pray for Randy and Julie, and uh, Lord, we pray for just uh, everything that's going on. I, I don't want to start listing things out, Lord. We, you know uh, more than we do. So, uh, Lord, I do pray that you would just uh, use us as a class, uh, just to uh, uh, be ready to charge hell with a squirt gun, Lord, uh, because uh, we're willing. And so, Lord, we pray to speak to us today. Uh, in Christ's name, amen. Alright, so, let's get rocking and rolling. So, last week I gave you some tasks, right? Uh, not homework, because I don't give homework in Passpoint. Uh, that's against the rules. But, uh, uh, my rules are not really rules, but, no, those are my rules. But, um, so what, so we were supposed to read some more, like we've been reading. Um, and then I also, uh, Told you to do the best you can. So, hey, did, did somebody go back to the week before and memorize Romans one sixteen seventeen? Hey, that's yeah. It's kind of worded odd. It does. That's the one. So I add seventeen to it because Romans one sixteen everybody uh, really should know. Uh, but Romans one seventeen is what really sets it off, right? Now, obviously, uh, we're not ashamed of the gospel, but um, Romans one seventeen is what really uh, gives you the the how to. And so, anyway, just throwing that out there. Um, so, I asked you if you were willing to. Uh, what did I ask you to to look through it and try to find a look? What Chris has got an entire page. Oh yeah, I told you to write out chapter one. Chapter one on one piece of notebook paper. Yeah. Really small. <laughs> so I started to do a grammatic outline. I, I got to verse nine, so I don't have time for this. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. But so yeah, if you wrote it out. So speaking of writing it out, did anybody who wrote it out see something like when they were writing it that uh, that was like I didn't quite see that when I was reading it. Like, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But that's why I wanted you to write it out, not just because I wanted to take some of your time. But did anybody who was like, I didn't notice that? Meredith, anything? I'm, just, I'm asking, because I know you did it. No? <laughs> I, I heard, you talked about it, that it really stuck out as I read it and wrote it. How... The narrative of Paul drastically changes after 16 and 17. Oh, yeah. It like. It just totally. <laughs> the yeah. He like says, Here, I'm Paul. Here I am. This is what I want to talk about. Uh, let's get right to it. And he, yeah. he does lay right into it. And so we're going to get into some of that teaching wise. We'll wrap that up today. But uh, it really does. It, sometimes when you're reading it, you don't quite notice it. But then it's just like, Whoa. He's going to get serious about things really quickly. So, uh, anybody, anything else? I'm not like trying to put you on the spot, but if there's something that maybe you saw that somebody else did, and that's why I want to do this. It's kind of a class study, per se. So, all right, what was what was your key word? I got the word faith. Right on. Anybody? Did anybody get anything different than the word faith? You wrote an essay about your kind of work. I don't want to forget things. Share. Share. You, you've, you've got to help. You, you gotta, you got to help us out. What's your keyword? Faith. Faith? 
How come? Just give me a quick synopsis. I don't need your essay, but give me a quick synopsis of why you picked faith. I'm, just, I'm asking. I don't know what happened to the whole thing. It just seemed really like so. The key verse I did was 17 because I was like, it, I felt like it was really sort of about how like from faith to faith, mm-hmm. as is written with Jess Shell addressing, which was from somewhere I had to go have the whole thing. It was somewhere else. I had to go look it up. That's good. Uh, so it's the same thing that seventeen is the key verse, just because I mean the, the theme of Romans is the righteousness of God revealed, and that's in verse seventeen. Absolutely. So chapter one, God says the you know the rest of the book. So if you're listening to this and you can't hear what other people are saying, so basically the, the key word they've come up with is faith, which is uh, spot on, uh, really. Uh, there's another word that that you could have used uh, as I've been reading through it, and uh, it at least pops up enough, uh, would just be uh, uh, righteous, um, whether it's unrighteous or righteousness. or So you got to realize that we're not talking about every each form of the word. It's the base word. And so uh, righteous, and we know that this book is the righteousness of God revealed, but really it is uh, faith. Your key verses uh, in chapter 1 would be um, Romans 1, 16 and 17, um, just because we're not ashamed of the gospel. And without 1, 17, like I was saying a few minutes ago, really 1, 16 doesn't happen. You can say we're not ashamed all day long, but what are you going to do with that faith, right? And so without, so that's really good. You guys are you're right on. So anything else, anybody else who's just like, hey, I want to say something really quick about it before we move on. Emmy, did you get anything? Okay. okay, that's fine. I don't want you guys to feel uncomfortable, but I want you to know that um, people are going to learn from what you're learning, and so don't hide it, because um, it really does make a difference. And so if you're relying on what I'm telling you, uh, for one, make sure that you're checking it. Not that I'm you know, speaking blasphemy, but I want you to not just take my word for it. But at the end of the day, I can only give you so much. Uh, I, God gives me a lot of stuff, and I've got to pare it down into something that makes sense to teach. And so uh, you might see something that I skip over, or, or it's a little more practical life-wise, and you know, what you say might make the other person be like, yeah, I, I see that, or I didn't see that. And so anyway, all right, so that's good stuff. Uh, I don't want you guys to feel so. I felt kind of convicted this morning as I'm trying to, you know, get some things for this week, and I don't want you to feel like I'm just like giving you a bunch of work. That's not the case at all. Uh, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. Um, but I want you to like desire a little more for your Bible study, right? For your Bible time. And some days it's just like I just want to read, right? I just want to hear from God. I get that. But there's other times where you need to, or you should want to. Make more out of what you're reading. And so that's my whole point here. If, if it gets to a point where it's just like, this is just work for me, uh, just hold off for a minute. And I'm not going to be mad at you. It's, it's totally between you and God. Uh, you can work that out with Him. I'm just giving you uh, options. And so once we get a few chapters in, um, then we'll, we'll switch it up a little bit. It might seem a little redundant at first, and then we'll kind of circle back around and uh, start doing some outlining. But there's no reason to try to outline one chapter. Let's get to where we can outline a few chapters uh, at, at a time. And so it might seem redundant. Uh, don't be mad. I'm just trying to uh, to spur what just happened uh, even a little more. Just uh, a little more out of your Bible study time and let's share it with each other. So anyway, all right, so if you got your Bibles, uh, we're going to be in Romans today. I know, shocker. Uh, Romans chapter 1.
Uh, the goal is to finish up Romans chapter 1 today, so uh, I'm on track to uh, be done with uh, the book of Romans in uh, 16 months, so not really. But yeah, so we're going to get through Romans 1 in uh, in less than a month, so we'll see how it goes. There's going to be some chapters we've got to slow down for, but this one's just kind of broken up this way. So uh, Romans chapter 1... Uh, Starting in verse, uh, let's pick up in verse 26, that's where we stopped last week. Uh, and so I've got five things God will give the sinner today. Five things God will give the sinner. And so uh, if you didn't know, that's you. Uh, so just because you're possibly saved by grace doesn't mean you're still a sinner. Uh, you're not a sinner, you're just, uh, your sin's covered. But more importantly, if you're not covered by the blood, here's five things that God promises He's going to give you. And so let's read through this to the end of the chapter, and then we'll circle back around and uh, we'll just kind of break it down a little bit. So Romans uh, chapter 1 in verse 26. Actually, I'm going to back up to 24 uh, because I'm actually going to circle back around it anyway. So um, we talked about this a little bit last week, but it says, uh, Wherefore God also gave them up uh, to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So remember, that's where we finished last week. And uh, they're, they're on a track to uh, not end so well at this point. And I, I would like to say it gets better, but it just, uh, well, it gets a little worse. So uh, verse 26, For this cause, so meaning because of what they just did, this happened. So for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use, uh, that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men working with men, or men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And so we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's just keep moving. Twenty eight. And even as they did not uh, like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness. And he lists 22 things here that if you didn't know what all unrighteousness was, he gives you a list. And so let's just look at it really quickly. Fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, uh, implacable, or implacable, uh, unmerciful. So, you know, really good-looking list of things there. And then he wraps it up in verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God, and that's going to be key, who knowing the judgment of God, they, they knew. Who knowing the judgment of God, they that which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. That is a picture of the world right there. They know what they're doing is wrong. It says it right there. They know what they're doing is wrong. And they're like, yeah, well, I just really like it. And it says that uh, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them to do them. And that's the state of the world we live in, right? And so uh, let's circle back around um, because we could just finish there and be like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I see what he's saying now. Uh, let's circle back around and uh, let's just kind of look at this. So let's circle back to verse 24. I know we talked about this last week, but here's your first of five things that God will give a sinner. It's right here out of the text. Uh, these are the kinds of things that when you go through and uh, you start doing outlines, and don't let that word uh, scare you, but uh, a lot of times your outline 
It should just be what the text tells you. Now, sometimes it can be in your own words, but it tells you right here. And so as I, as I was circling back through this, uh, this kind of outlines itself. So here's some things that God says He's going to give you. In verse 24, it says He's going to give you up to uncleanness. What's God going to give the sinner? Well, He's going to give you up to uncleanness. Verse 24 says, Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness. What does that mean? We'll talk about it in a second. Through their lust of their own uh, hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who change the truth of God unto lie and worship and serve the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. He says, you know what I'm going to do? God has promised some things to, uh, to the sinner in the world. He says, uh, uh, if you're going to live like that, I'm just going to give you up to your own uncleanness, right? I can't have any part of that. And I'm going to tell you why here in a little bit, but I don't want to, I don't want to uh, burst the bubble yet. But I'm going to tell you why God, He, he can't allow you to claim this and live this. Too often we say Christians are hypocrites. Why? Well, because they say they're going to do this and that. Well, the world might say, okay, they claim to be a Christian. God doesn't see you as a Christian. Now, that doesn't mean that if you're saved and you've backslidden and you've lost your salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. That God can't put you in that same picture, right? God can't say, yeah, you're my son uh, and I know what you're doing is wrong, but... Uh, it's okay. Right? It's no different than if, if one of my kids was to uh, just do something that was completely wicked, whatever it is, and I could be like, yeah, but you're my son, so I'm just going to kind of hide it. It's not like that. That's not how we do things. right? We can't do that. So he says he gives them up to their own uh, uncleanness. Gives them up to their uncleanness. What was the uncleanness? Well, we talked about it last week. right? Some of the things that they started doing. right? They started professing themselves to be wise. Uh, they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image. They basically started saying... Uh, we've heard of God, and well, we know there must be a God because, well, uh, our conscience tells us so. Um, but we don't really like the idea of God because that means I've got to, I've got to live by a standard. I don't like that. And so instead, uh, this is going to be my God, right? This right here, this coffee cup. This is my God. I'm going to worship this thing. Sometimes we do, but. <laughs> But, but whatever it is, right? Or, or we, uh, you know, we we worship our car, or we worship our house, we worship our kids, whatever it is. Um, we start worshiping something else. You know, you go to different uh, regions of the world and they worship little trinkets, right? Uh, because that trinket represents something. It's just a god. Uh, a god is anything. An idol is anything that you worship more than God. And so that's what he says. If that's how you're going to be, uh, I can't have it. And so I'm going to give you up to your uncleanness. Well, why doesn't God just like want it for me? Well, because if God wanted it for you, then it wouldn't be free will. Right? And so know that. He, so he says, if that's what you're going to do, I'm going to give you up to your uncleanness. Circle back around uh, really quickly because I want you to see this. Because some people are like, well, why does God have to do this? Why can't God just be a good God and uh, only allow good things to happen in the world? And why do accidents happen? Why do bad things happen? Why do uh, good people die? Why? Here's why. Just to circle back around and, and just make this clear to you. Uh, in verse... 17, it says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Right? So it says the righteousness of God is revealed from what? From faith to faith. Meaning from Old Testament faith to New Testament faith. Through Jesus Christ. The righteousness of God is revealed through Christ. Well, what's the next verse say? It just starts with it. It says the wrath of God is revealed. He shows us right here. The righteousness of God, the good of God, everything that is good and holy in the world is revealed through Christ Himself. 
But, like we talked about last week, there's two sides to every coin. If the good side of this coin is Christ, he's telling you right now, okay, well, here's the opposite side. Now you get to choose. That's why Romans chapter 1, some people are like, wow, why can't he like, wait till the middle of the book to get so serious? He's just letting you know up front, these are your choices. There's always two sides of it, right? Uh, no matter what, you know, what religion, what, what you're listening to, everybody always wants to say there's a good and a bad, right? He tells you the good news first. The righteousness of God is through Christ Himself. But if you choose not to do that, okay, well, I'm going to tell you right now, the wrath of God is revealed through what? It's revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Not just some of it, through all of it. Not just the, the misdemeanor crimes, but from all the crimes, the simple disobedience, the simple sins of omission. Not the things that you outrightly do, but the things that you don't do that you know you should do. Right? Sometimes those are the ones that really get us. Well, I know I should do that, but I don't really want to. And Well, that doesn't make me a sinner. Well, yeah, it does, because you're sinning through omission, the things you know you ought to do. Right? We like to say that they, the, the, the guys who go out there and do the sins of commission, the ones that are out there just actively getting after it, right? But that's no worse than the things that you aren't doing that you know you should be doing. Right? And so he just tells you. So I wanted to circle back around because sometimes people really struggle with this point. It's like, well, why is... Why does God have to be so right? Just err. Because he's because he's just, right? And if you missed last week, go back and listen to it. But that's how it he has to be. Because if he's not just, then he's not God. Right? And so the first thing he, he does, the first thing he's going to give the sinner, he promises him. He's just like, hey, this is how it's going to be. Uh, I don't want you to like think that I hit it in the fine print. I didn't. Th- I don't want you to think that I was the guy at the end of the, the radio commercial who speaks at like 750 miles an hour, all the disclaimers, right? So you don't really hear it, but they threw it in there. He's very clear up front. He says, okay, this is what I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm, I'm just laying it out there. Uh, there is no fine print. This is how it's going to be. He says, I'm going to give you up to uncleanness. Okay, well, that's a choice for you. What do you want to do? He says, I'm going to give you up. What's he say after that in verse 26? <laughs> for this cause, so because he gave them up to their own cleanness, and they started to worship the creature, meaning themselves, more than God, just like Lucifer did, uh, for this cause he gave them up unto vile affections. That's the second thing that he's going to give the sinner. He will give you up to your vile affections. What in the world does that mean? Well, hang on, I'll tell you. He'll give the, he gives them up to their vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use unto that which was against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving their natural use of the women, burned in their lust, one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. So, without, without getting into it, it's sin, guys. Uh, homosexuality is sin, right? Uh, love is not love if it's against what God's Word says, right? And so I don't want to become the 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 basher of the... I mean, come on. You know, people want to say, you know, oh, the church is so against... Uh, the gays and, and the lesbians, right? Because they just, they're holding on to some Old Testament law, right? And if you're going to hold on to that, well, then are you going to, you know, sell your 13 year old daughter? And the law, the Old Testament law was there to show you needed a Savior. The New Testament guidelines that they seem to forget right here in Romans chapter 1 are to show the believer today how they should live, right? And so if you want to tell me that we're not going to listen to the Old Testament law anymore, we weren't supposed to listen to it anyway, right? So, amen. 
but what about what it says right here in Romans chapter 1? Right? Because I don't know what else that could mean. Um, so without really getting into it, we don't we don't play that. And so I'm not mad at you. Uh, I don't hate you. Um, God loves you. But it's sin. I mean, I have no other way to put it other than that. Uh, I, it, there's just... I don't know. It's just... It's a, it's a obviously for those of you who know I, this is a little closer to me at times than it. I mean, come on, guys, it's sin. And at the end of the day, you're just basically choosing what it says back in verse twenty or uh, verse twenty five. You're worshiping yourself more than you are God. That's what it comes down to, right? And so, at the end of the day, we don't condone that. Does that mean we think God hates them? Absolutely not, right? God loves you just as much as He loves the guy who's out there uh, getting drunk every night. Because the one's not any worse than the other. <gasps> no, it's not. Right? Uh, you being uh, self-righteous and prideful is no worse or no better than that. Right? And so, at the end of the day, sin is sin in God's eyes. Okay? So, this is a particular flavor of sin that some of us think is just completely vulgar and vile. And at the end of the day, it's no worse than your sin. It's just a different kind of sin. And God loves you through it. So do you all think he can love them through? Yes, he can. At the end of the day, it just simply comes down to who are you going to serve? God or you? Right? So what does he say? He says, okay, if, if I'm going to give you up to your own uncleanness and you're going to worship yourself more than me, what's that lead to? That leads me up to giving you up to your own vile affection. What does that mean? Vile affections, I took this out of my HBI notes, so uh, means to have a deathly desire for something that is not natural. Vile affections. That's what it says. I'm going to give you up to your... It means to have a deathly desire for something that is not natural. You want something so bad that you would just give anything for it. And it's something that ought not be. Now, we can call it uh, homosexuality. That's probably one. Uh, there could be a, a list of another 22 or more things that would fit into this, right? Uh, anything that is, uh, that's not right. And for some reason, uh, your mind's so jacked up, and we're going to get to that here in just a minute, uh, that it's just not normal. It's not natural. God didn't create that for that, right? Um, it's, it's no different than saying, you know, God didn't create a, a man to be with a man because that's not normal. The same way that uh, he didn't create, um, I'm trying to think of a pretty blatant, uh, you know, he didn't create uh, two completely separate animals to, right? Because it's not normal, right? And so, all right, that's, that's all I'm going to say. I've got a lot of things that, I, yes, ma'am. Um, so I have a friend on Facebook, and she's in an ethics college class. Mm-hmm. And the debate that they're debating in their ethics class is homosexuality. And I was shocked to read, she took a picture of her textbook, and it was saying how um, homosexuality is okay, and that even the most conservative Christian can never find God condoning homosexuality in the Bible. And I was just shocked that it said that, and it, like she was just like, you know, it's like a secondary source that it's not the Bible. And so she's not a Christian, and she's but it is surprising, like how many Christians are like Christian churches, and even Christians are okay with it now. They just don't know. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, they don't want. So you're gonna make me say things that I don't want to say. They don't want. Um, no, you're you're right on. Um, 
they don't want to call uh, God's word what it is. They don't want to call God's righteousness for what it is. And so what they do, and it's no different than uh, a normal sinner, right? Because they're all sinners. But what a normal sinner does, right? Because, you know, a really bad sinner might not do this, but no. Uh, They like to say that I'm better than this guy, so I like to elevate myself up a little bit. I'm not that bad. And God probably didn't really mean that, and they try to bring him down a little bit. And so what they're doing, obviously there's a gap between man and God. They're trying to close that gap a little bit. And so if we close the gap of this standard and this standard and this standard, we're bringing God down, and well, I'm okay here, and I'm okay, well, I'm trying to close that gap. Well, if they would just realize that the only thing that's ever going to close that gap is Christ himself, right? So... You know, you can go down the street to your Methodist church, and they're going to tell you that uh, the 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 female preacher who uh, is uh, a lesbian is totally fine. And like, I don't even know where to start with that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, the Bible's pretty clear on the matter, right? Yeah, the Old Testament is very clear. Well, we don't like the Old Testament because okay, fine. What is Romans one talking about then? If that's not what it's talking about. Because God's just pretty, pretty much just laying it out there, and He's not only using this as an He's using this as an example of sins like it, right? There's tons of things that can fit in this, but He's using it as a way to show you that this is not the way God created it, right? Um, God didn't create a shovel to hit somebody in the head with, right? He created to dug to, 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 to dig in. The, he didn't create uh, whatever it is for the. He created things for what they're for, right? He created my wife for me. Right? And so, to say that the Bible... I mean, it's pretty black and white. And so what you're uh, getting at, Lauren, is a lot to do with when you get away, and I know you're going to say he's beating his King James Bible drum again, when you get away from your authorized version of the King James Bible, Emmy can teach you this because she's going through it in D2 right now, anything goes. Right? Because when you change it just a little bit, you jump over to your NIV or your ESV or whatever it is that you're using, Romans chapter 1 is going to say something a little bit different. Right? And so all of a sudden, uh, what is God's standard has become well, what, whatever that guy thought the standard should be. And so uh, the, the debate has to begin with what do we call God's Word? And it has to start with what what and why we call this God's Word. And if you don't know why you use your King James Bible, uh, let me know and we'll just do a little side study on that, right? Because at the end of the day, we need to know why we use this before we can claim this as our standard. So anyway, that it really comes down to that because the schools teach that it's okay. Uh, a lot of the church today, well, not the real church, but churches, uh, teach that it's okay. And at the end of the day, um, you know, love is not love. Right? Um, God's word is God's word, right? Uh, if you would have asked somebody um, 50 years ago, hey, uh, do you think this will ever become uh, normal? Uh, the world would have told you, absolutely not, right? Uh, of homosexuality. They would have said, absolutely not, 50 years ago. That's, that's crazy, right? Okay, so obviously it is today, and it's totally normal, and. You know, we're just uh, you know Christian uh, bigots if we uh, decide that we're going to take a stand on it. Okay, so here's the next thought: What today seems completely outlandish that we would never think is okay is going to be okay in 50 years? 
You, exactly, it is. And so that's just the thing. is Because God gave them up to their own vile affections and they decided that, well, they don't want to be uh, against God, so I'm just going to make this okay. What is completely wrong today that God's going to continue to give them over to their own vile affections, right? And so uh, I don't want to be the guy who compares this with that, but I mean, what's it going to be, right? I just, I really love my... I'm not even going down that road. Never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. Right. Either way, what seemed completely wrong then is normal now. So what is completely wrong now is going to be normal then. That's why we need to make sure we're right with God now because uh, the time's short. He gives you up to your uncleanness. Right? That leads him to giving you up to your own vile affections, which then in turn leads us to verse 28, that he says, okay, fine, I'm going to give you over to a reprobate mind. Well, what does that mean? Let's read it. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, so basically the things that they knew already, well, I never heard the gospel. You knew the gospel, right? The gospel of uh, God's real, whatever that means, that conscience inside of you that says, I'm not supposed to kill my brother, right? I'm not supposed to whatever, you fill in the blank, you knew something was right and wrong. It says that uh, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge because they knew God was holy and they weren't. And if they keep that standard, they know they're separated from God. But if they say, well, God might not think this is too bad, then what are they doing? They're pulling the righteousness of God down a little bit. They're elevating themselves. They're trying to span the gap that can't be spanned. did not like to retain God in their knowledge. He gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Well, what things are we talking about? Well, we just talked about some of them. Those are not convenient. Right? Being filled with all unrighteousness, uh, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Right? Here he goes on and he basically says, uh, I'm going to give you up to your uncleanness. That's going to lead to, uh, I'm going to give you up to your vile affections because now that you're going to leave this unclean lifestyle, you're going to start desiring things that you might not ought to desire, which is going to lead him to basically saying, I'm going to give you up to a reprobate mind. So what does that mean? Does anybody know off the top of their head before I give you the definition, what does the word reprobate mean? What did you say? Like bad. Like bad. <laughs> Lauren said bad. That is exactly right. Not true. So I'm going to give you two different definitions because, you know, you can't ever just trust Google and you can't ever just trust... So I'm going to give you two different ones uh, and neither one of them is probably exactly right. But here's just a couple definitions. That way you can know what they say. So Google says uh, uh, a reprobate, just reprobate. Now we're talking about a reprobate mind, but just the word reprobate uh, is an unprincipled person. Okay. Or a sinner who is uh, not of the elect and is predestined to damnation. So you don't have to write all that down if you don't want to. But uh, So we're going to get into this, some, some Calvinistic talk here in just a second because they're going to take this and they're going to run with it. But the word reprobate is, a, is a, an unprincipled person or a sinner who is not of the elect and is, the pre, er, and is predestined to damnation. I'll tell you what that means in a minute. That's what Google has to say. Dictionary.com, because you know you can't ever believe Google. So you just Google Dictionary.com and see what they've got to say. It sounds a lot like it. They say reprobate is a depraved, unprincipled, once again, same word, or wicked person. 
And once again, it goes down the Calvinistic line and it says, a person rejected by God and beyond hope of salvation. I didn't know that there was anybody that fell into that category. And this is what the internet's going to tell you. It's got to be true. It's on the internet, right? This is a person who uh, rejected by God and beyond hope of salvation. Come on now. Give me a break. That's exactly right. I'm beyond hope other than through Christ. So here's... Here's what your Calvinist buddy down the street is going to tell you. That's like, what is a Calvinist? Somebody tell me what a Calvinist is, so just to make sure everybody's on the same page. They believe that everyone is predestinated to either be saved or to go to hell by God. Right. Basically, when you're born, uh, God's got your name in a book, uh, and depending on what side of the list you're on, you're either going to get saved or you're not. It really doesn't matter how good you live or how bad you live. Uh, at some point, if God, if you're on God's good side, uh, He's going to get you saved, right? And if not, it doesn't matter how bad you try, He's not going to get you saved. And you can try like heck to not get saved, and He's going to get you there if He wants you there. Uh, and so that's the line of thinking, that basically it doesn't matter uh, what you really want because God's got it all figured out in the end. So let's just let anything go to the whistle blows, right? Because there's no reason not to. That's crap. Yeah, that's crap. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> no, you have no idea what list you... No. No, no, they don't send an invitation, right? They lost your address. You don't know. And so, that's the whole thing. Is It's like, well, why even try to do good? And if I'm guaranteed to go to heaven, no matter how bad I do, then why do I even try to be good? And if I'm guaranteed to go to hell, why am I going to try to be good? Because I'm... I'm just going to live. That is, it's just, it's a complete line, right? And they take uh, scripture and they twist it, and they don't compare scripture with scripture. And uh, we can go down that line of thinking a different side study if you guys want to. But obviously, God gives every person what? Free will, a choice, right? He makes it your choice. He lays down the groundwork, the framework, and he says, "Hey, I've got a plan." And you just happen to be born at the greatest time in human history where you don't have to work for it. You don't have to do anything. You just have to accept it, right? And, and, and in turn, uh, live for me because that's what I've called you to do. You just happen to be born at the perfect time. It's the age of grace. He gave you free will. So your Calvinist buddy down the street uh, needs to, to lay down whatever he's smoking and he needs to get with the Bible, right? And so that's what they're thinking. So when, it's, when they say reprobate, that's what that word means. It basically means uh, something that is so uh, opposite of God that it can't be reconciled with God, right? So that's what that word means. But put it, he said he gives you up to, he doesn't say a reprobate life. He doesn't say that because you are reprobate, you're no longer able to be reconciled with God, what does he say? I'm going to give you over to your reprobate mind. Well, that completely changes everything. He doesn't say that your lifestyle is gone. He says that your mind is so far gone that I can't use it. Well, that's funny because isn't that what happens when you get saved? Don't you get a new mind in Christ? Your body still wants to sin, right? Mine does. I still want to sleep. I still, you know, I still, whatever, go down the... He gives you a new mind, though. So he says, hey, if you're going to live like that, I'm going to give you over to that completely unprincipled, uh, uncensored, un whatever you want to call it, mind that you've got in you. Because I can't use it. I can't use that. Right? And so let me boil it down to you this way. This came out of my HBI notes. It says, man was created in God's image, right? Adam was created to look like who? 
Look like God. And so in turn, we were created to look like Adam, right? I kind of look like my dad, who kind of looks like his dad, who kind of looks like his dad. Well, eventually, he kind of looks like Adam. So uh, I might look a little different than Adam, but somewhere along the line, I look like Adam. And you know what that means? That means I look like God. Because that's how we're created. Man was created in God's image. Man was created to look like God. Well, and also to act like God, but we really got that all jacked up. But we're, we're created to look, we're created in God's image. So when man rejected God, right? So we're created like him, but when, when man rejected God, God made sure man would not damage, would not do damage to his image. And God changes man's image so that no one will confuse man with holy God. Now let me try to explain that in a different way. You're created to look like your dad, right? That's just the way DNA works, right? You got chromosomes and little spirally looking DNA strips. I don't know, right? Not a science major, not an English major, not a math major. I don't know what I majored in, but none of those things, right? Okay, well, you're created to look like your father, your father, your father, Adam, who's created to look like God. But when we choose to be opposed from God's image, God's like, okay, I'm going to have to make you look like something different. So I'm going to turn you over, turn you over to your uncleanness. I'm going to turn you over to your vital effects. I'm going to turn you over to a reprobate mind because I don't want the lost guy down the road who hasn't ever heard my name to confuse you who claims to be Christian to look like me because we don't look nothing alike. God has to change those things. Why does God... Why can't God just love the sinner? Because God doesn't look like that. Why can't God just, you know, accept? Why can't God just love? Why can't God just... Well, He does all those things but He says, Hey, I'm holy. I'm perfect. I am everything that I always said I would be. And you were created to be like that. But but if you're going to act like this, you have to look different. Because I don't want somebody to look at Pat and say, well, that's not what God looks like. Or I don't want somebody to look at Chris or whoever, right, and be like, well, I thought God looked like... Well, oh, so He looks like that. He's okay with this and this and this. No. God has to change man's image because He doesn't want the world to think, so that's what God looks like? Absolutely not. That's why He does these things. That's why He gives you over to this and gives you over to that. Does that make sense? Does that kind of... Because some people are like, well, that, that just doesn't seem like God. I thought God loved everybody. God does love everybody. But at the end of the day, if you're going to choose to live against Him, if you're going to choose to live like hell and know in, in your heart of hearts, whether you accept it or not, that this is wrong, God's like, okay, I'm, I'm not Captain Calvin over here. Uh, I'm going to let you choose what you want to choose, but you don't look like me. And, I, and, and that's your choice. And the second you want to look like me, we can talk. But I don't look like that, and that's why these things happen. right? He changes man's image so that you're not going to do damage to his image, so that no one will confuse follow man with holy God. right? And so just kind of understand that. So, just to, to kind of circle back around really quickly, because he rejects some different things, and then we'll get to the last two things really quickly. In verse 24, he rejected their body, right? He's going to give you up to your own cleanness. So they began to desire physical impurity. In verse 26, he rejected their hearts, so they began to desire degrading passions. In verse 28, he rejects their mind, so they begin to desire unfit actions. It just it just keeps getting worse. Right? It just keeps getting worse. Because man's never as bad as man's going to get. Uh, yeah. In verse 24, he rejects their bodies, so they began to desire physical impurity. In verse 26, he rejects their hearts, so they began to desire degrading passions. 
And then in verse 28, he rejects their mind. So they begin to desire unfit actions. That whole unfit, that goes right along with your discussion we had earlier. Right? It's not designed that way. Here's the fourth thing that uh, God is going to uh, give the sinner in verse 32. Right? So I, I decided not to go through this list one by one and tell you this is what murder means, this is what debate means, this is what deceit means. I think you guys for the most part know what these things are. Right? And so if you want to run through that list, we can. You know, uh, One thing I want you to, do, to notice uh, in verse 29, being filled with all the wretches, fornication. So... Really quickly, fornication, because some people get this messed up. Uh, fornication is the sexual sin, uh, any sexual sin of an unmarried person. Right? So, I'm married, I don't fornicate. No, that's called adultery. Adultery is any sexual sin. Any sexual sin, doesn't mean you have to be sleeping with somebody else. Any sexual sin with a married person. Right? And so, pretty black and white, throwing it out there, they're, they're pretty much two sides of the same coin, uh, it's all bad. But anyway, just throwing that out there. You can go through the list. It's, it's pretty simple. Uh, it's not good. Right? All these different things, not good, but I want to get to the end. Verse 32. So all these things happen to these people. God's like, you guys knew all this all along. Verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God, they knew, they knew the judgment of God was coming. Well, how'd they know that? Because in verse 18 it said, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. He, they knew it was coming. Verse 32, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of you know a really good firm talking to. That's not what it says. It says they're worthy of death. Not only to do the same, but to have pleasure in them to do them. The fourth thing that God, um, uh, He's going to give the sinner, He's going to give you the reward of what you're worthy of. Well, that seems mean. We always told our kids when they were growing up, there's a, there's a consequence, there's a, there's a reward for every action, right? If you obey, if you do things the way that you're supposed to do them, if you uh, follow uh, the things that you know you're supposed to do, if you're obedient, like all these different things, there's a reward for that. Uh, it generally comes in the form of uh, verbal pray, whatever it is, right? Uh, uh, something, right? There's a reward for good actions. At the same time, if you choose to be disobedient, if you choose to be rebellious, if you choose to be followed down the list, you get a reward for that. What I do? Yeah, it's called the rod, right? The rod, the rod of correction, right? Well, that's not a reward. It really is. A reward is just simply something you get for something you've done. Right? And so God says, I'm going to reward you with what you're worthy of. I promise you that. You're a sinner. I will give you a reward for that, man. What's your reward? Verse 32 says that they're worthy of death. Well, that's really mean. I thought God loved everybody. He does. He absolutely does. But man, if you're going to live against Him, a holy, just God can't allow what looks like this and what looks like this to coexist. To, to, to coexist. Wow, that really didn't even mean to say that. So, you know, that's another... I'm going to go down the same uh, discussion we were having earlier. Um, he can't have that. So just like with your kids, when you're like, hey, if you're going to talk to your mother like that, there's going to be a consequence for it. Right? If you're going to talk to your teacher at school like that, there's going to be a consequence for it. At my house, it's the same person, so it's double consequence, right? Uh, if you're going... To choose to say, yeah, I know God told me to do that, but I just really like this person at work. I just really like 
to do this, this, whatever it is, right? God says there's a reward for that. And that reward is death. Right? And that's just what it is. And it's just like, God promised, I'm going to give you that. And you know up front, and it's like, it's not hard. He tells you at the beginning of verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God, they knew it was coming. And they were like, yeah, but I'm okay with that, I guess. Because it's not that bad. Right? Or I'll get to it, or whatever it is. Right? He promises you. And that's like, well, that's really, that's not the God that I serve. That That is the God that's in heaven because He's just. Right? And so I had to come up with one more because I'm not going to leave you on that. I can't leave it with that because that is the bad side of the coin that nobody wants to talk about. But it's just as real as the side of the coin we do like to talk about. And we do have to have this conversation because He promises it. He says, hey, this is what it's going to be if you choose to. But there's also one more thing that He does promise the sinner throughout the rest of the book of Romans and we'll get to it. But I couldn't just be like, hey, come back next week, right? He gives you the option to skip the first four. That's the last thing that He he gives you. He gives you the option option to skip the first four. You know, there's all these things. He's going to give me up uh, to a jacked up mind, to vile affections, to reprobate mind. He's even going to give me up to death. But you know the last thing He's going to give you? The option to not have any of those. But it's your option. See, that's the thing your Calvinist friend down the road doesn't understand, is that it's up to you. Later on in the book of Romans, it says, for the wages of sin is death. Right? I'm a sinner. I deserve my wage. Right? I worked hard for this. Right? No different than you go to work and they don't want to give you a paycheck and you're like, man, I worked hard for that. You worked really hard as a sinner to get what you earned, which is death. And you're like, well, man, I didn't think I worked that hard. You did. You've been working hard for that. Your wage for sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Right? He says, you know what? This is what I'm going to give you because it's just if you're going to live unholy. But you have the option to not have any of that if you just simply read the rest of the book of Romans and live it, right? Accept it. Confess with thy mouth, right? I don't have time to completely... right. You have the option to not have any of those, but that doesn't mean that the first four are null and void if you're going to choose to live like hell, right? It doesn't mean that... Those are exactly true, right? And they're 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 so the reality is so man, it's there. But if you're still living, if you're still living, if you're still breathing, it doesn't matter how wicked you've been, I mean that's the kind of person that God really wants to save. Because he wants to turn lives around and he wants to make you look like him. He's gonna take that reprobate mind and he's gonna say, Okay, we don't need that one anyway. Because I'm gonna give you a new mind in Christ. Right? Alright, so that kind of wraps up chapter 1. It kind of ends on a down note, and then we get into chapter 2, and well, it, it kind of stays that way. We start talking about a different group of people. Uh, we'll get into that next week. But anyway, I, you have to know, right? For as bad as the, the side of the coin is where the wrath of God is very real, and just know that the salvation that we teach and preach every other day, it's better. You just have to accept it. Right? And so here's what you need to do this week. If you want to. Read the book of Romans one time. Again? Yeah. You're, you're going to read Romans so many times by the time this is done. You're going to have it memorized, I hope. Or at least you're going to know, I know that that part is in this chapter. That part's in this chapter just by natural, right? So read the book. It's you got an entire week. Uh, read Romans chapter 2. So you don't have to read Romans chapter 1 over. Read Romans chapter 2 five times this week. 
It's shorter than chapter 1 by a couple verses. <laughs> but it's shorter. Uh, and that's all I got. Right? No, like, dig in deep homework. Read it. Um, if you want to get ahead of the game, start picking through chapter 2. I'm sorry, Meredith. She's like got this really disappointed, disappointed look on her face. Um, if you didn't get, like, everything done from the week before, go back and finish writing chapter 1. But uh, start looking for key phrases, key words. Just start looking for them, right? You don't have to... Start doing those things in chapter 2, and we're going to get into it next week. Uh, and we're going to see how God really changes from... We've been talking, if you didn't know, Romans chapter 1 is talking to the Gentile, right? That'd be us. He's laid it out there. You guys are uh, the wicked Gentile. And this is what I've got for you. Well, in chapter 2, we're going to switch, we're going to switch gears pretty quickly. We're going to start talking about the religious people. Right, and then we're going to start talking about the Jews themselves. But so there's three groups of people. We've we've really laid out our group. Right, we got to start with us first. But God's got something to say about the rest of them. So uh, let's pray. Uh, we'll get out of here. Has anybody got any questions before we go? So, right, those things we talked about, not good. So, uh, not good. All right. I'm just saying. I'm not saying you gotta. You, you need to. You need to love people. Right? The way that God loves them. Not the way that the world loves. That's what I'm saying. Let's pray. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. Uh, Lord, I thank you for uh, loving us the way that only you can. Lord, I thank you for uh, the Word of God in the book of Romans that uh, is really black and white with us. Lord, too often we like to skip passages like this. We like to say uh, we really like the, the God who saves, but we don't, we don't really like to talk about the God who uh, condemns. And God, you don't condemn. Our sin condemns us. You are just uh, the one who executes the judgment. Just because you're the one who uh, goes through uh, with it, you're just basically keeping your word. Uh, God, we are the one who condemns ourselves. We are the ones who uh, stamp our ticket. Uh, so, Lord, it's up to us to decide if we're going to choose to follow you and live for you, uh, or Lord, to follow ourselves and basically live for the devil. And um, Lord, I do pray that you would just use us, uh, just cleanse our minds, Lord. Use these things that uh, we talked about, not to go and condemn uh, our lost friends, God, but that we could use these things to bring light to the situation of the, the, the depravity of the world right now, that we would uh, just be able to show them that you know God's got a place that's so much better if you just accept it. But, but God can't coexist with that because God is holy and we're not. And so, God, I pray you just use these things in a practical way this week that we would be able to um, just just love the world the way that you do. So, God, I pray you send us out as lights uh, this week in a dark world that you would just use us. Uh, bless those who uh, didn't make it to class today for ministry reasons or whatever you got going on, Lord. Lord, I pray that you, know, you just get the honor and the glory. Pray for um, just Holly uh, really quickly, Lord, and Brady. We know that... Uh, they've got a task coming, Lord. And uh, Lord, I pray the class could uh, just you know, circle around them and love them. Uh, Lord, I pray that you just keep the baby safe. This is kind of a high-risk pregnancy, Lord, that you would just get the honor and the glory out of these two uh, young girls' lives, uh, just unborn, uh, that you would just uh, just present yourself mighty. Be with Holly as she's uh, just uh, being the, the vessel that's carrying the, the children and just keep them safe. Uh, Lord, I pray that you just uh, send